Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Hello and welcome to Tenpence Arcade Podcast with me, Victor Marland, aka Vertvic. And me, Sean, in your face, Holly. Pow! You're right, Vic. Ah, uh, not so bad, mate, not so bad. How are you? Good. I'm alright, thank you. That's enough of the pleasantries. Yes. It's all hate from now on. It is. Well, maybe not. Ooh. Ooh. What have you been up to? Not hell of a lot. I've been to Arcade Club last couple of weeks. Lucky you. What was going on then? Any new stuff there? Probably. I'm just playing Sivan at the minute, solidly. But it was good to see Mark and Jerry all come down from Glasgow. Oh, nice one, guys. Yeah, good to see them. Uh, I've been to Cumbria, Whitworth. Cumbria? What happens in Cumbria? I think I've been there when I did my northern trip with a wife a few while, uh, a few years ago. Cumbria. Has it got wander... nice countryside there? Yes, yes. Yeah, lovely countryside. Wander around, looking at trees, eating food. Any arcade machines? None at all. Oh, bum. Nothing whatsoever. You didn't and sniff one out. <laughs> also, I've been having a big clear out of my. Well, it's a game room, but it it was sort of half wife's room. I've kicked all wife stuff out, threw you it in the skip, booted her out, and you get out, woman. <laughs> yeah. So I've now got room for another cab. Yes, there are four a, cabs. Just about actually. So what you I want to do? Actually, I think I might sell this Neo Geo cab and get a sit down candy. You know? Oh, nice one. What, what are you after, like a blast? or A, a, a single player, maybe, yeah. A single player, so the control stick is in the middle of the control panel. That's important to Yeah, me. but if you get a Sega one, I can make you a bunch of panels. You can have a two-player one, one-player one, two sticks, eight yeah. sticks, whatever you want. <laughs> it'd, be like, it'd be like a bar, wouldn't it? You can pull pints with your joysticks. And I could just have like all the shooters on Groovy Main. I'd love that, you know. Do it. Save up, mm. do it. Why not? I might do. Might do. But if you get a Sega one, all the panels on the Sega machines, or the sort of later ones on the candies, are all the same. They're all Na- mm. Naomi-shaped panels. I can make them really easily. So if you need some panels, Bob's your uncle. Ooh. Victor's awesome. your mate. Yeah. Anyway, what have you been up to, Vic? Tons of stuff. Uh, things sl- slightly related to arcades and actual arcade stuff. Mm. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> been playing with my 3D printer because I had a problem with my 3D printer. I couldn't get it to flip in the first layer to stick down, and that's the most important part of 3D printing because when it sticks and it's good, otherwise you just pull it off and makes a mess. But I had to realign the table. I changed the table round, so I made a new table for it, and it was too thick, I think. And the bearing, I added the bearing because there was only three bearings on it, and I thought there should be two per side, not two one side, one the other. So I added a bearing. When I took it apart, thinking, oh, this might be the problem, I think the motors weren't man enough to move the table as quickly as it needed to, and it was, it was skipping bits and wasn't working. And one of the bearings felt a bit sticky in a certain position. So mm. I put the old stuff back on, realigned it and everything. Perfect first time. And it's been perfect ever since. 
So yeah, have you have you tried sort of a higher grade paper, like a ninety gram paper in your printer? No, it's not that kind of printer. Is it not? You daft, silly old fool. <laughs> he he he. Well, I've been using white PLA actually, just because it was it was the real that was on there last time I used it. And talking about arcade stuff, I made an arcade spinner knob for Warlords. You know the Atari spinners. It's the same on Tempest as well, apparently. And the yeah. wonderful John Key, John Battlezone, he drew it out on some kind of CAD and gave me the files ages ago. And I thought, oh, it won't take too long to do it because 3D printing does take quite a while to do. It depends on how big and how slow you're going or whatever. I thought it won't take too long to do. It's an hour or two. And I popped it in there and it came out absolutely immaculate. It looks really... And I actually saw a Tempest yesterday. I was somewhere where I was playing a Tempest. And it's exactly the same. It looks really good. But mine's obviously in white. And the originals mm. are in black. But I could always do a black one if I wanted to. I saw it on Twitter and I said it was a hat for tiny leprechauns. It looks like a hat for a tiny leprechaun, so it does. Oh, yes, Father. Ho, ho, ho. There's some gold at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> uh, so what else have I done? I made a little a little shield, Zelda shield keyring for wife because she hasn't got a keyring on her keyring, so I promised I made her something. I made a little enclosure box for a Raspberry Pi Zero, like a little. It looks like a tiny console. It's got like a little sort of vented area on the top, and it's got three USB ports at the front. I bought a little hat to go on my Pi Zero with three mm. USB ports. So when it's there, you've got a little little slit in the side for your SD card. You've got like an enclosure in the back for the power and also the um, the TV out. And you've got these three USBs at the front. So it's going to be rather like a console with sort of three joystick ports, if you know what I mean, because they're all USB sticks I use on it and that. So that's quite neat. I'm just waiting for that little hat thing to come from America because I had to buy a certain one that fits in that particular print I did. So that worked out really nice as well. And Do you know what? I had a look at a kind of a graph on the internet. I like, I like, you like graphs. graphs, don't you? No. I like graphs and giraffes. But it was like a comparison of all the Raspberry Pis, right? So Raspberry Pi 1 and 2. Yeah. And then it, the Raspberry Pi 0 is more powerful than those two, mm. which, are, which is really surprising. So Raspberry Pi 3 is obviously the top, the top dog, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the Pi 0 to go for now is about, it's just under 10 quid. It's the, the one with the W on the end because it's wireless and, US, uh, wireless and Bluetooth built in. Right. So it's really useful for, you know, going on the internet and you're dragging stuff off there, SSH into it and stuff like that. You don't need any extra dongly bits hanging off of it to, to get into it and get on the World Wide Web. Awesome. So that's pretty good. But the 3D printer's going really well now. I'm going to make some more arcade stuff. There is, if you go on um, a website called thingiverse.com, there are thousands of things to download for free and print on your own printers. Mm. You can do jewellery. Uh, bits people have made for like life hacks, you know, like little hooks and things for your house and what sort of stuff. There's jewellery, there's little toys you can print, there's just anything you can think of. To You know, you might think, oh, I need one of them to fix something. Someone's 3D printed it for you already on that particular model you're looking at. It's really clever. It's excellent. And they're all free to download as well. You just download them, put them in your little program that you use for your 3D printing, dump the G-code out, put it in the printer, off you pop. It's quite so simple when you learn how. It's, it's, it's quite simple nowadays. So what is it, kind of a an SD card or something that you put yeah, into the printer? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. Oh. Yeah, you put it on this SD card. It puts uh, The G-code is actually to do with my work. Our machines run on a kind of G-code system where, oh, I won't bore you about it, but it's just X, Y, and Z moves, really. Mm. And the printer no, yeah. does little layers. So it does X, Y, it does a layer, and it moves up on Z, or down, depending on how your printer works, and it does another layer, and it just keeps doing that. 
and it's only lines or curves. That's all it does. Right. Lines and curves, because everything can be made up of a line or a curve. Ooh. So it's just the, 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 the programs are thousands and thousands of lines of text. They're massive. And you look at it, you think, oh my God, what's that? But it just, you don't even see it running. It just runs. But some of the prints, um, that, that print enclosure I made for the, the Pi Zero took five hours. God. It does take a long time. But you just, you just, you watch, what I do is watch it get going. So you know the first layer is laid down. It's not going to pull itself on, just, you know, wrap itself around it and make loads of sticky plastic everywhere. And I just turn the light off and leave it. And just go out. And in the morning, I go and look at it when I'm bleary eyed in the morning, wake up and go, oh, that's nice. Turn the machine off. Scrape it off because you just put like a little scraper on it to, to knock it off the table, and then deburr it when I get in at night. It's easy. Mm. Is it noisy? So, no, it's it makes a little bit of noise, like a sort of squeaky, high pitch noise when it's moving around because it's moving little motors on the table. Yeah. But it's not it's not noisy, no. Oh, very good. Yeah. So more arcade stuff is going to be made. I'll make some little feet for arcade PCBs. Well, they're easy to make. They're really easy to make. I drew my own ones of those and made some. They work really well. But you can buy them for probably a pound for four, so it's probably not worth bothering about. Just buy <laughs> yeah. them. But if you if you were in, in a say you were putting a machine together and you wanted a, a a foot and you didn't have any, you have to wait a week for eBay or whatever or wherever they come from. Just do them on your own printer. Take like twenty wow. minutes. It's easy. It's great for that sort of stuff. Also, what I've been missed to fix it this week as well. I made a battle zone back door for my myself and Mister Tony Temple because he's restoring his battle zone at the moment, and I took it. Yesterday to the Kado meet, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, Tony Temple is Mr. RK Blogger for people who follow me on Twitter or look at his blog. Very, very good. Have a look at that. Mm. Uh, hopefully, it'll be on his blog doing his battle zone because he's near completion. I think he's just, gonna, he's just about to test his PCBs. His monitor all works. I think his power supply is okay. He's, he's tightened the machine up quite nicely. I'm uh, looking forward to that. Also, uh, I switched a few machines on in the arcade of the day. I went in there to actually play some. No, right, I'm going in here. For an hour, I'm going to play some games. And I played the same games I always play. <laughs> I played Scramble, Time Pilot in the same cab, uh, Bosconian in one of the ponies, mm-hmm. uh, Turtles, Ms. Pac-Man. I had a quick game of Terra Cresta, which I'm terrible at, but I really like the game. Mm, good game, that. Yeah, it is. And what else did I play? That was about it. I didn't turn the wall mounts on. I haven't played them for a while. I need to have a quick few goes of Magical Spot, I think. Have we, we haven't done yeah. that yet, have we? No. What you need to do, mate. That was the one we played at Euro, okay, we really liked. It's a great yeah, it's little a, game. Yeah, it's unusual. Yeah, it's a good good little shooter. It's that. an odd little one, but it's nice. Quite good. Mm. Uh, also, Alex visited, because he picked up one of my Nintendo Space Fevers with High Splitter in it he bought off me. Mm-hmm. A good, good chin wag with him uh, about a certain Nintendo modern video game. Yes. With a Z that. in the title. Oh, we're not mentioning it anymore, yeah. We might have to in a minute, actually. Um, yeah, we just a general fanboy, fangirlness of, of the Switch and talking about it and stuff. Really looking forward to a few things coming out on that and next year. Some really good games coming out on that. Even sang the praises of those daft Amiibo figures you can buy and put on your shelf. You know, the yeah. ones I said I'd never, I'd never buy. I thought they were ridiculous. Yeah. More on that later. Yeah. <laughs> I sent a few Dino King. I've also been making Dino King panels for people on the forum on the UK VAC forums, because a lot of people are buying these Sega Dino Kings, you know, the little card games in for kids, and yeah. they're converting them into jammer machines. I had three years ago. I've had a few of them. And they make great little jammer cabs, little tiny sit-on-a-little-stool type cabs, little 14-inch yeah. screens. And what you do is that the top panel has got like a weird card reader and just three buttons per side for the game you play on the machine. What people do is they whip that off 
I make them a nice panel up for whatever button stick combination they want, whatever I can fit on there for them. And I actually draw it up as well if they want a custom one. And I've been selling those. I've done about 10 so far, I think. So they're good. See, we're getting those. And I want to see pictures, everyone who's listening, of the control panels installed on your machines. I want to see what they look like when they're done because Ollie Muddy Music is also doing overlays for them. Right. Because I sent him the, the CAD file so he knows exactly where the whole positions are. So he actually, he actually cuts the holes out as well. So they're perfectly in line. Right. So that's going to be nice to make them little Dynakings up. But I think someone's done a Neo Geo one with four buttons per side. Uh, someone's actually done a two-lever, 12-button, you know, one joystick one side and six buttons per side on a little tiny cab like that. Oh, wow. But they had to use 24 mil buttons, you know, the start buttons. Mm, but yeah. it actually works really nicely. It doesn't seem too cramped because the buttons are smaller. Mm. It seems quite nice, but, uh, yeah, it's good. I like it. What else have I been up to? Oh, yesterday I went to the Carl Cado meeting in Dorking, which is not too far away from me, near Box Hill, I got to play a Laserdisc game. Yeah? You know what I think of Laserdisc games, don't you? Yeah. But... Space Ace and Dragon's Lair. They're just... They're lovely to look at, but they're boring as hell to play. They're not a game. Mm. It's just a video where you you poke a joystick left and right. This is called Star Rider. It's a really rare cab. You've heard of it? A Williams one. I have, yeah. I think... Well, I think I've played it, but from what, what you've the description you've put here, uh, maybe I haven't. I might be getting mixed up with Stun Runner, stomach something like that. You are uh, Stun Rider, is it? Stun Runner. That's an Atari one you're thinking of. Stun Runner, maybe that's an Atari one. That's not Laserdisc. This is mm. a Laserdisc. It's got a really grainy video background, and you're you're racing on like a, a futuristic motorbike, and there's these little motorcyclists which are overlaid onto the graphics, onto the the background images. And they look really anime-drawn. Right. And you sort of race around the track, and you've got, like, I think you've got a turbo, a brake, and a throttle. And I think every now and again, some, like, random yellow brick comes in the way of you, and you're not going to ride into it and stuff. And basically, it's my kind of racing game where if you hit the barriers, you just bump around the barriers, and you don't crash. You just, <laughs> put, you just put the throttle on and go for it. And this was a sit-down version. I actually quite liked it. It was the, probably the best... Laserdisc game I've ever played because I think the Laserdisc games are terrible. I just don't see the need for them. They're awful. They didn't work. They never worked back in the day. They're a complete failure. But this one actually works quite nicely. I remember listening to, to Doc Mack of the Galloping Ghost talk about it because they got an upright one and had a heck of a lot of trouble getting the, the throttle for it, the handlebar throttle, because apparently it's very, very brittle. Yeah. And I think they got someone to reproduce some plastic ones. They made a mould for them in the end. But the one on Carl's machine was absolutely perfect. And I found out later on, he's got an upright hidden in one of his sheds as well. So he's got two of them. Oh, I must be a fan of it. Yeah, it's it's, it's a funny little game. And he, he sort of said to me, he was in the back of it at one point, because I think something wasn't working. He said, I'll just give it a kick now and again, it gets working again. <laughs> so obviously, then compact those massive laser discs. You know how unreliable reliable laser discs are. And it worked. I think it worked all day. I think it might have stopped once, and he, he poked it, and it worked again. And it was fine. It was absolutely fine. But you actually oh, yeah. sit on this huge machine. He's got them all on wheels as well, so a bit higher than normal. So yeah. I played that. I played a really nice moving Space Harrier, which I really like Space Harrier. I thought it was a bit of a sort of meh game, one of those sort of Sega in-and-out 3D texture-driven things that I don't really like. But I really like Space Harrier. It's a cool little game. I'm not very good at it, 
But I just like shift, especially on the shifting one that moves around, the hydraulic one. You can move around. It's great. And the sounds on it and the visuals are really, really nice. Love it. I like that. I've, I've been playing it again recently, Space Area. It's one I really enjoy. Yeah. Have they got a moving one at Arcade Club? Is it a static one? No, it's a sit, it's, it is a sit-down, but it's a static one. Yeah, you just sit on a little bench and it doesn't move. Yeah. But this one, Carlab, was really nice condition. And it moved nicely. It wasn't grinding, you know, because sometimes they, they get really worn out when they move. And it was great. It was really, really nice. So I played that, played that. I had, he also had a Discs of Tron upright, which is quite a rare cab as well. Not the environmental, but the, the upright mm-hmm. one, which is it's a really nice looking game. I've played it before. It's not a bad little game, but it's more of a sort of, it looks really good. It's got the black lights and, you know, all this sort of the trigger and the spinner and everything. And it looks lovely, really nice game, but not my kind of thing. Played Spy Hunter, hated that. Absolutely hate Spy Hunter. It's just <laughs> too great. hard. As soon as you get going, if you touch anything, you die. You crash and burn. If you just hit a motorbike, I mean, you, you nudge them off the road normally, but on that thing, you blow up. Mm. You touch a twig in the road, you blow up. A blade of grass wafts by your car, you blow up. Someone yeah. looks at you from a zebra crossing, you blow up. It's rubbish. Never liked it. Zebra crossings in Spy Hunter. I don't think there is. I think I'm sort of going a bit (laughs) silly there. But yeah, you know what I mean? It was just, I didn't like it at all. But another standout one that he had in his other room, which I found I didn't even know at the time, there's another room. He had Mad Planets. Oh, they're mad, them planets. They're mad as mad, them planets. They're crazy ass planets. That game is absolutely brilliant. I really like it. But I am pants at it. But it's such a good game. And it's so well executed as well you've got that like that really tall trigger on the thumbs the, the sort of joystick and you've got a spinner yeah. to spin your th- it's quite difficult because i think the, the the crux of that game is you fly around the planet shooting them like a sinister mm-hmm. kind of thing where you're shooting the oars to, to get the to get the, the deposits out of and when you've got the hang of spinning around and shooting at the same time you can do quite well in that game. But I was just trying to stay in one position and shooting and it wasn't really working but the sounds and the graphics and the way that game works is an absolute hit. It's such a good game. I wish we could do that for the podcast, but we haven't got that kind of equipment. We haven't got a spinner and a joystick and a trigger to play it with. Yeah, it would be tricky, wouldn't it? You, you could do it in main, but it wouldn't. It just wouldn't play as well, would it? No, you, you need that setup. So if we ever did it for the podcast, it would probably just be me, you, and anyone who's got a cab. We yeah. can do it, maybe do it at Arcade Club if they've got one or whatever, or maybe RGP's got one, I don't know. He did have. I don't know if he's still got it. Oh, such a nice game, though. It's really, really nice. So I tried to steal that, obviously. Mm, yeah, but he, he wouldn't let car. me have it. And another one I could have easily stolen, it would have fitted in, was his Tempest Cabaret, which I fell in love with again. And mm-hmm. his one, he just po- he just popped a, a random PCB he had lying around because the one he had in there didn't work. And it was in German. Yeah. Achtung! Nein, that's his potent. It was brilliant. It's, I, I, it didn't matter. You can just play the game. You know what to do in it anyway. And I just play it. And I, another one I'm not very good at, but I really want one in my collection. I want it next mm. to my... Centipede, because it's the same shape and it looked lovely next to each other like that. Really nice game, that. And that could have easily fitted in my car. Could have stole that. What is Super Zapper Recharge in German? I don't know. It wasn't on the screen, I don't think. Uh, I could probably find out. Wonder Zapper. No, Wonder no Zapper Recharging. I don't know. <laughs> but yes, yeah, such a great little game. Uh, it's a really nice meet. I should talk to loads of people. There was a bit, I, I sort of, I didn't hold the car boot so, but old brought his Volvo along with tons of stuff in the back. And I was in there like a rat up a drain pipe. And I yeah. was doing the, the sort of auctioneering of the things. I was dragging them out. What's this? Football champ in the bin. What's this? Oh, that's a good game. That's good. 
and I bought a few things. I meant to, I took some things with me to sell, try and get rid of some of my junk, and I brought more junk back with me. Surprise, surprise. Well done. Uh oh. Yeah, that was nice. Nice to see uh, mostly regular faces and one or two new faces to me. It was good. So, great day out. Thanks to Carl. Thank you. Awesome. That's about it for what I've been up to lately. But I'm going on holiday in about four or five weeks to America again. And I shall be, on the next podcast, I'll be talking about what I'm going to hopefully be getting up to. Because there's going to be some arcade stuff going on in there. Most definitely. And meeting other other podcasting friends. I'll be meeting some of them in America. And yeah, there's going to be arcade stuff going on. And I'm going to the zoo. Which bit of America are you going to, Vic? The California side, west coast. Right. So California, so San Diego, uh, possibly San Francisco, and up to Oregon, Portland, Oregon. Portland. That, yes. That's what's what's that's where Ground Control is. Ah, yeah. And yeah, Ground Control there, has, I think, doubled in size since when I was there because they knocked through. They bought next door and knocked through. So I cannot wait to go back to Ground Control. When I get myself, get myself voodoo donutted up, get a load of voodoo donuts, and go down there. Voodoo donuts, what are them? It's a famous voodoo, uh, famous not famous voodoo place, a famous donut place in Portland. They're they're world famous. These donuts, they're amazing. They do a little voodoo dolly one with a sort of a pretzel stuck in his heart, right. <laughs> and, and like jam coming out of him and stuff. And they do loads of different flavors. But when you go there, you go there at two o'clock in the morning to the, the main one, and there's a queue all the way down the road. Sorry, a line of people down the road in America. Mm. Must be 50 people at 2 o'clock in the morning going for a donut. Wow. They're serious about their donuts. Not just policemen, then? No, no, no. The police do like it, I think. They probably get preference. But the Mm. other donut place we went to, we went to both of them. One night we went about 10 o'clock and was waiting for about three quarters of an hour to get in. And there were two pinballs in there. What could be better than pinballs and donuts? Uh, Not many Biscuits and arcade machines? Mm. Covered in custard. Mm. Oh, I like custard. Anyway, let's move on. Yes. Arcade news. Right, lots of arcade news this time, kids. First one, 2nd of September, the arcade experience at the Centre for Computing History in Cambridge Yes, is... please. What? Yes, please. Yep, I'm going. I'm going that. I've booked my hotel. Hotel? Is that my house? Your mum's house. Well, I'm not stopping at my mum's now. I'm driving down on a Saturday, and then I'm going to the arcade experience, and then I'm going to stop over in Cambridge. Oh, are you? Yeah, I thought, why not, you know. It's nice there. I've been there before. I've been there for a look round the town before. It's a nice nice place, actually. Nice to look at. Yeah, I'm going there. I was talking to Ian Ski yesterday about it, because most of his cabs are going to be there. It's going to be mostly, I think, him and Phil Nes for Life are organising it. Forgive me if I'm wrong there, guys, but I think it's you two. You two are the main culprits. Yes. And he's bringing some really nice cabs. I, I talked to Ian about what he's got, and he's got some nice things in his collection. He's going to bring some really cool things with him. So that'll be a real good one, I reckon. It'd be nice to talk to Jason as well, who, who runs the place. He's a nice guy. Yep. Uh, we'll put a link on the show notes for that for everyone. So get your tickets, go along, meet us. We'll be there. And loads yes. of arcade machines. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think there's about 20, so that'll be a good night, that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I bet you there'll be beer and pizza there as well. Yep. Can't well, go wrong. I might stay there as well, you know, if you do an overnight thing. I'll have to see. Yeah. Hmm. Go back in the morning or something. It's, it's quite away from you, really, isn't it? No, it's only an hour or so. Oh, is it? I thought yeah, it was yeah. Like no, it's not too far. I've been a few times. It's not 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 trouble getting there at all. It's great. Hmm. Everyone go. 
Make it a great event. Thank you. Yep. Next bit of news. Atari have a change of heart. They are teaming change up with Jeff heart. Minter. <laughs> and they've asked him, asked old Jeff, to make another version of Tempest. Another version. Yep. I bet it'd be good. Yep. He's going to do Tempest 4000, because 3000 was... 3000 was new on one. the what? The new one. New one, yeah. 2000 was on the Jaguar. Yeah. 1000 was on the Tandy Videotronic 4. Are you making that up? Yeah. I think you are. There wasn't a 1000, was there? No. No. Anyway. I just let you say that to make you look silly. <laughs> I was thinking, what is he on about? Yes, that'd be good. I'd be interested to see that when it comes out. Yeah, I reckon he should just rebadge Polybius and just call it Tempest 4000. So, here you go, Atari, it gets. Might as well. Yeah. Might as well. Mm. More Atari w- weirdness. A mm. centipede comic. Okay. Tell me there's more. A, there's a comic about centipede. And but, it's but got, why? It's got really good reviews. It's, an, it's full of exis- What's it called? Existential. Exis- that's it. Existential angst. That's what's okay. full of it. So the hero is the guy with the bow and arrow killing the centipede, and centipede's a bad guy, I take it. I think he's got like a machine gun thing. Oh, so that's why it appeals to you, because there's bullets in faces. Uh, right, in faces. Right, yeah. faces. Okay, so there's links on our on our web sh- website show notes for that. Yeah, I think it looks quite good. Full of angst and existential angst. Stuff. Yep. Next one. Running an arcade in 2017 from Las Vegas's Tobin and Acorn. Go on, go on. I've got something to say this about is, that. God, this is a good little video. He's rambling on for 10 minutes and it's really good about how to run an arcade in 2017. He makes lots of sense and like us too. Yeah. What he needs to do, and he has done, is you get in some UB Cubels. Mm. That's what he's got. And I went past there the other day when I was in town. And went, oh, I think they've got a U-beat down here. Went downstairs and saw two. I went, wife, here's a pound. Come downstairs. She went, oh, great. And we played U-beat. Because I think last time I went in there, they had one of them. And it was on um, a credit dongle. You had to have like a little card, like a, a, a yeah. contactless card for it. And you had to pay five quid for it. And I didn't really want to do that. But this one takes coins. You put a coin, you put a pound in, and you get three songs, which is easily worth a pound. Hmm. Yeah. And it's uh, the Cubell version. I'm not sure why it's a Cubell. It's all in Japanese, but you don't yeah. need to know any Japanese to play the game at all. Just pick the songs you want, press a few buttons, and it will just carry on. It works. But at the end of it, I did not too bad. There's a little digging guy who reminds me of Dig Dug, and he digs yeah. away through something. He reminds me of Mr. Driller, really. And he digs away at something. I think that's what you can get some achievements or something if you've got an E Pass card. I think it saves your high scores and all that sort of stuff. And I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. And it's all in Japanese. But the game is brilliant. The songs are mad Japanese songs. You don't know what's going on. But the game is absolutely awesome. Go down there and play it. It's really good. So next time you come to London, mate, we'll go into town and we'll go and play that. Definitely. And I saw a guy, a young lad, playing on one of the big dance machines, the, the, the Pump It Up DDR machines, whatever it's called. He was ripping it up. Mm. It, it looked like he was just randomly dancing, but he was actually doing the moves on the screen and getting all sort of perfects. But he was yeah. like, he was like doing, you know, when you hit the thing with your feet, he was doing it with his elbow and sitting on them as well, and doing really? sort of proper dance moves. Yeah, he must, he must memorised all the moves and just go like absolutely brilliant. It's top player. 
it's a, it's a sight to behold watching someone who's good playing that game. Unlike us idiots sitting on the bar, pressing our feet on the floor a few times. <laughs> That's why I like that U beat because it's like a rhythm game for for, for people that don't want to. They've move got two around. left feet like us. They don't want yeah. to move around too much. You use your fingers, don't you, to press the, yeah. the pads on the thing. It's such a good game. I I really want one. Mm. I would like one, and I will put my feelers out to get one because I know who could probably get me one. But it won't be that cheap. That's the thing. But I think it'd be worth it because me and wife would love to play that together. She really likes it as well. I thought you were doing some. Uh, Making one, right? I was trying to make one, but you need the software for it. If I can actually get the hardware and the software that goes in a machine, which I'm sure you can get from Japan if you've got contacts, I'll make one. Because all it is is a 32-inch screen, and you can actually buy the overlay with the buttons. It's a a sort of metal unit. It's about Mm. £400. It's quite a lot of money to buy. But you put a certain 32-inch TV in it, in the top of it, like vertically... Yeah. And you just use that. But if you've got the hardware, you can always build a cab of your own around it. Because the cabs are quite big, because they're sort of like showy cabs with lights and big speakers and stuff and neons. But you can make your own one to fit wherever you wanted to fit it. You have a tabletop one if you wanted to, and just play it on the table. So I would, mm. I would, I am quite interested in doing that, and I'll have to talk to a few people about it, because I know people who could probably get something for me. But I'll have to look into that. But it's the kind of thing I'd like to play. It was such a good game, so good. Me and wife really liked it. She's better. She's better at me as well. But uh, I liked yeah, we it in both Sweden, enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Mm. It was so. Yeah, go down to Las Vegas if you're ever in London. Have a go on their rhythm game, and they also had their rhythm coaster. You know, that really big one. They had two of in in Hay, Stockholm. Oh, Groove Coaster. Groove Coaster. Sorry, yes, yeah. they had one of those there, and that's a brand new 2017 game. I think 2016 game. It was released in the arcade in 2014. Yeah, arcade club. I've got one. It's very. You got two kind of weird. Sort I of need to joysticks. have someone to show me how to play because I'd like to have a go of it and get into it. It looks really good. I bet you mm. can get it on one of the modern consoles. You know. It was also released on iOS devices in 2011. Could do because a lot of the games that come out in the arcade now, if they're fit for a console, you can you can get them on the consoles. It's probably to do with the the controllers. That's the thing that probably doesn't work. I do like no. You could do that because you've got on on your normal on your new consoles you've got your two thumbsticks. Yeah, there's loads of buttons and sticks and and also a lot of them motion controlled now as well. And you can click, you can't you click them sticks in? They they have like yes, a, a they've got a button underneath. Function. They've got a tack switch underneath. But also, I think I think all of the new modern ones, the Xbox One, the PS4, and the Switch, have got motion controls. So when you tilt something in the joystick, it's got like a Mercury switch in it, or whatever, and it, you can actually tilt and do things. Mm. So it's quite interesting. Hmm. Yes. Do like them rhythm games? I really do like them. Right. Here's some news. A former bar could become Games Arcade in Blackpool. Oh yes, please. A, f- a former sports bar in Blackpool Town Centre could be set for a new lease of life as an amusement arcade. Oh, nice one. Champs Bar on Church Road could be a free play arcade. Oh, nice one. So we'll, let, we'll keep an eye out for that. We will. There was there was a weren't there a Arcade opened in Blackpool. I don't know what happened to that. I don't think it lasted very long. Well, not, not since the 80s, I wouldn't have thought, no. There was one, I'm sure there was, a while ago. I should check it out. It might still be there, I'm not sure. Well, you are our man in Blackpool, or near to Blackpool. Yeah, I'll mm. go and have a look. But, check around the back of the machines. Yes. Make sure there's no criminals living there. A there was criminal? An article is- recently on Rocket News 24, there was a guy who was thieving in Japan, and he was living between 
some arcade machines in an arcade, actually living there, and they found him. I don't know if all his stash was there with the things he'd been stealing, but I don't think they knew he was living there. He was just sort of hanging around till late at night, ducking down behind a machine, and when they turned the lights off, he was just living there for free. <laughs> but he, he was doing a lot of crimes, and he got caught in the end, apparently. So make sure in your arcade club, no one's lying down underneath a pinball machine. That's the thing with criminals, isn't it? They're pretty stupid, a lot of them, aren't they? They do crimes. They do crimes. They do, don't they? Crime novels. Anyway. Right, this is a good one. Can you remember? We do you remember us- Chuck Hart smelting on the playground <laughs> wall? <laughs> Made a right who mess. Sung- who sung that? Marillion. Ah, oh, Marillion, yeah. yeah. I'm full of 80s rubbish knowledge, me. Anyway. Carry on. We've- Carry on! We've had Sky Cursor, we've had Cosmotrons and Killer Queen. Now we have another new arcade game. We talked about this at least yes, a, year, please. a year ago, I reckon. I remember the name, because we couldn't remember. It's called Strike Harbinger or Strike Harbinger. I think it's a binger. A binger, Harbinger. So we'll call it Strike Harbinger. Okay. Which is kind of like Space Harrier. Looks oh, a bit like nice. It. it looks lovely. And it's getting nearer and nearer to completion. So we're going to have a, keep our ears to the floor and our eyes to the sky. Wall, yeah. And, and our tongues watch, to the lampposts, yeah. And watch out for that. Mm, I can't, I'm looking at a picture now, which we'll possibly put on the webpage. Looks really good. Have you seen it running? No, I haven't. It's very fluid and it, it, it's really good graphics. Have you ever seen the follow-up to Space Harrier? Planet Harriers. Planet Harriers. This looks like an updated it. version of that again. Mm. I presume this is all going to be HD and all that sort of stuff. Ooh, nice. That would be really good if it's in a moving cab, but I doubt that's going to happen. I think... Nobody goes to those excesses nowadays, do they? No. I think Planet Harriers was at the very first NERG. I may be wrong. I played it at a Jammer, uh, Jammer Plus shindig a long time ago. I think Julian mm. had one. And it was a yeah. nice game, actually. It was really good. It was a sit-down game that looks rather like a lot of the sort of modern um, like Initial D-type games. It doesn't move. You just sit in a nice chair, and it's got a, a big analogue stick. It was quite a good little game to play, though. It was nice graphics. And I think it works on Naomi Hardware or something similar to that. Maybe the next one up. Lindbergh. Mm. I can't remember what it was. But it was a really good little game. I like it. So this looks excellent. I like the look of that. Yes. Right. Here's some news. Uh-oh. Coin-Op Store have been busted for selling unlicensed multi-game cabs. Shame on them. So I think there's a lot of companies that do this, actually, and these are probably the first people that have actually been busted for it. Yep, I know of a certain company in the UK does it on eBay. They better watch out. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's an American law that's passed, I think, that stopped them doing it. Yeah. It's Santa Clara they're from. And they had, it says here on Arcade Heroes, they actually had attempted to sell machines in Utah on some local classified boards, but they have disappeared now and they've also gone off Craigslist. So I think, I think the, actually, I think it was Namco that's got them. Yeah, well, Namco are an ongoing concern, so why shouldn't they? They've got to protect their IPs, haven't they? Yeah. If, yeah, was, if the yeah. games were, if the games were uh, made from scratch, a uh, wood build, and they had just arcade game on them, and they had an original Namco arcade board in them, fair play, nothing wrong with that. But if you're using copyrighted graphics and copyrighted marquees and then you know, ROMs from MAME or whatever, or a 16-in-1, that's totally illegal. You've got to remember that. 
Yeah, and it, is. It, it seems it's sort of a kind of we've had this talked before. It's a kind of grey area. I'm pretty sure, and I can't speak for these companies, but the big companies aren't really going to go after someone who's made a cab for themselves. They've got some company to print up their artwork and they're playing it in their garage for non-profit. They're not going to go yeah. after people that. But if you're going to be selling them for a couple of thousand dollars a piece and you're saying this is an original game from blah, 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 and it's not, and they're not getting any money out of it, they're going to sue you, aren't they? Mm. It's going to happen, so be careful. Yeah. Oh, here's one from me here. Uh, Richard Broadhurst, excellent BBCB programmer from nowadays, who's doing lots of uh, new games for the BBCB, is working on a Warlords emulator. Not a port, emulator for the BBCB. Right. He's even made a hardware interface to allow four Atari paddles to work on a standard Beeb. How cool is that? Mm. That's excellent, isn't it? You could use your little leprechaun hats. I could use my leprechaun hats, make my little spinners up. What people have done, actually, you know what the, the Atari paddles look like, don't you? There's two joined to one nine-pin D port. Yeah, I used to have one. Time. Yeah, well, yeah. What people have done is they've actually done Warlord spinners. They've actually done coloured little lids, like little jam pot lids that go over the top of the spinner. So you can have different, right. you have a colour-coded one. So there's a pink, a green, a light blue, and a yellow, is it? I can't remember what colours Warlords are now. No, but you can make the, the, the 3D printed lids out of the same colours, and then you hand someone that one, and that's the one they play in the different col- in the corners. Excellent Ooh. stuff. So I'm really looking forward to that. I should be playing that on my BBCB. Well, I've actually got a BBC Compact now, which I've made some bits for, which we'll talk about a little bit later on as well. Ooh. Yeah, well done, Richard, for doing that. And he's even gone to the, the trouble. I think he's... I'm not sure if he's using samples or he's trying to get the exact sounds on there from Warlords. I presume Warlords is TTL Sounds, because it's an old game. I don't know. It's 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 an arcade club, and it's really beefy, bassy sounds. Excellent sounds, actually. Yeah, I love Warlords. It's a really good yeah. block-breaking game. Try saying that quick. Block-breaking game. <laughs> yeah, really good. So well done, Richard, on that. Right, I've got some news here, which I quite approve of. You've got some ne- nudes? Nudes. <laughs> some nudes, Miss Nudes. Next year, Play Blackpool has been moved to the 10th and 11th of February. Okay. Right? Not July or end of June, as it normally is. When is it? No, it's May Bank Holiday, isn't it, normally? February, that, you say? February. This that's going to be from... quite cold in, in Blackpool. Yes. This is from Replay Events. They've put, well, hotels would be super cheap and it doesn't clash with other events. That's mm-hmm. the important thing, I yes. think. Plus, it means our events are spread out more evenly throughout the year, which eases the burden on exhibitors and suppliers. And what better way to beat the post-Christmas blues than a weekend of retro fun? They have got a point. Mm. Excellent. That's good. Well, yeah, cause it, you it get won't be cold more... in there, will it? It'd be nice and warm with all the machines running. Yeah, you get all the events all sort of squashed into sort of three months. Mm. But, but now we're going to have one in February, so I think it's a good idea, that. It's very good. like that. Mm. Here's a good one. Here's a link that I put in on the last podcast, and the YouTube video was deleted, but I found it again, and it's called Chasing Games. It's a trailer. Yeah, I've heard of it, yeah. And it's Billy Mitchell and Walter Day travelling around America trying to buy a certain amount of games. It's kind of like... One of these antique roadshow things where oh, they go yeah. around. But they're, they're buying video games. I think the first one they're after is Defender. Yeah. And that's it. It's, it's a reality show thing starring oh. Billy Mitchell and Walter Day. I'm going to look at that. I thought it was something completely different. Yeah, I'm going to look mm. at that. 
That, well, that's what the trailer leads you to believe. Anyway, I don't know if it's going to ever happen. Okay. I th- you think Billy Mitchell would know where lots of games are. People just sell them to him, I expect. Yeah. Because he's a pretty uh, big guy in the arcade community. Oh, mm. one other little thing. Skyskipper Reveal is now going to be at Arcade Club on a Saturday. Right. So I'll be there for that. Mm, me too. Oh, another thing. Custard News. Custard News. Yes. This is the arcade, Tenpence Arcade, incorporating the Custard News podcast. <laughs> I went to Waitrose on Friday to pick up a pudding, a Cherry Blakewell flan, actually, and some custard. And do you know what you can get now? Go Toffee on. custard. Toffee custard. Oh. Is that Just let, 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 let that <laughs> sink in for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Toffee custard. And I did notice, I was so excited about toffee custard, I just whapped it in the in the basket quickly with some normal custard as well. You know, just be safe. Yeah. And I noticed there was another flavour there. It might have been a caramel one, I can't remember. I was I was blinded by the toffee custard. But I'll be trying that one too. But what you've got to remember... Yeah. All custards are good custards. Custard creams. That's a sort of dry custard, but yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> And one more in the arcade news. You might like this, Vic. Go on. It is a 3D printed case for your your Switch. So you put your Nintendo Switch in it, and it's like a little arcade case. Oh, I did see this. It looks quite fun, and you can play Namco Classics on it, which we were talking about last show. And you plug your Pro Controller into the front of it. Excellent. Yeah, I do like it. I did notice the other day... um, You've taken the little side controllers off, the Joy-Cons, haven't you, off a Switch, and you've played them. You said they're quite small for your hands. Yeah. I saw on Thingiverse, someone's made these little printed enclosures to make them a little bit bigger, so they sit right. in your hands nicer. Ah, uh, yeah. People Ooh. will make anything. Brilliant. Love it. Yeah, I really like the look of that. I'm not going to do it to mine, though. That's just silly. But mm. I like the excesses people go to to, to do something daft. Brilliant. Arcade pickups. Wife bought a Z B O T W yes. Guardian Amiibo and a Coblin Amiibo. That's two of the baddies from the game. Yes. If you, this stupid game has got its hooks right in me, as you went. I know. I would never have bought an Amiibo, but I was saying to wife, I might buy one of these because it gives you certain things in the game. Mm-hmm. There's a special thing you do, and it's like a spell. And when you put the the Amiibo on the controller, it's got an NFC chip in it, and it, it gives you certain things. You can do it once a day with each each little Amiibo you've got, because they've got these chips in. Right. But the One of them was about 30-odd quid, and it's a really nice model of one of these baddies. It's like a sort of spider baddie thing, and it looks mm. really nice. It's really nicely made. And the other one is a little sort of gremlin guy, a coblin, which are quite these funny little piggy-faced-looking things. But when you put it on there, you get certain things for the game, so you can sort of have extras in the game. It'll drop a load of food down or some treasure or a weapon or something. And some of them are quite good. And when you look into it, there's about 30 different Amiibos you can get, which will work with other games as well. Because I think some of the Zelda ones you can can use in Smash Brothers, because you can use them as characters on that. But they also work in this. They work on the 3DS, the Wii U, and the Nintendo Switch. So you can do them on different things. What wife did, because we were looking for some, and they're really hard to find, because Nintendo have done this thing lately, and everyone's moaning about it, where they make these really cool things everyone wants to buy, and you can't find them. They're limited. They just disappear off the shelves. Mm. I mean, you can't even get a Switch at the moment. It's really hard to find a Switch. And getting these Amiibos, we found two on Amazon, and they just come in 
like that minute and Alex said, oh, you're lucky to find that. I said, oh, we just got on Amazon, you know. And we got those two, so we got those. And and wife had this great idea. She looking online how to do it and everyone was making their own amiibos. Not the actual models of the game of the of the characters. But what they were doing is they're buying these little NFC chips and wife bought because wife's very good at this sort of thing. Mm. She bought uh, 15, no, 25 of these NFC chips. They're only like little paper thin things, tiny little things. She bought 25 for £15. And she actually bought a second hand cheap Android phone, which is capable of writing NFC code to the chips. Right. Right? Because the, there's not an app on an iPhone to do it, apparently. But on an Android, there is. And she just found an Android that's got NFC capability. She bought that. It's a little silly phone. We'll probably use it as a spare if anything goes wrong. We'll take it on holiday or whatever. She wrote the code, which is freely available on the internet, but probably not legal, so be careful. Uh, and she wrote it to the little chips, and she sandwiched them in between some really nice little pictures she, she printed out of the different cards, because you can get the Amiibo cards as well, apparently. We laminated them, and now we have the full set of them to use on the game. Wow. What, you For like just put 40 it on the, quid. Yeah, on the controller. On the- Right. I think on the actual switch itself, it's got an area on there. But on the pro control, it's on the top of it. And what you do is you do this this thing in the game to do this little spell thing, and you pop it on there, and it just drops things out of the sky. Some boxes and some treasure fall out of the sky, or some bits of meat and mushrooms and fruit and stuff fall out of the sky. And you just go and pick it up, and you've got it for the game. And you can do it once a day on the both users of the game. Me and the wife can can use them independently. So yeah, we did that. What a great little crafty thing to do. So I was actually going to print wow. some little 3D pendants, like little key rings to put them in. But she did them on the, on the laminate, and it looks really nice. They're sort of little cards, just with really nice pictures of whatever it is of that particular part, and you just do it on there. So it's really great. I love that. You are Very, addicted to that game, aren't you, both of you? But I like the way that Nintendo's thought of this thing. Because when I first saw it, I went, oh, Amiibos, it's just silly, expensive characters. But I didn't realise what they actually did. They gave you things in the game. It's just like it turns on some DLC that you get in... Once you've paid for the the model, you're getting the DLC for free. You don't have to pay for it every time you do it. You just get them for free every day. I think it's really clever. I love it. I really like the idea of that. Mm, very good. So we, we sort of picked them up, if you want to call it a pickup. I also picked up a BBC Master Computer I had, which I bought for the princely sum of £1 on a car boot sale ages ago. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't think you could use it properly because it's got the... On a BBCB compact, you had the main computer, which is the keyboard, which is smaller than a normal BBCB. And you had a little box with a disk drive and a power supply which sat underneath the monitor. But you don't need that bit at all. I found out you don't need it. You can put a normal 5-volt power supply in the back of it for power. And to get games on it, you use that little device I've got on the BBCB, but I had to make another adapter to go into a 9-pin port at the back rather than the 20-pin or whatever it is. And I've done that, and uh, it works. I actually did the, the thing. I, did, I followed some instructions, and Richard Broadhurst also been helping me out, and also uh, a lot of Acorn users on the star.org.uk forum. I joined there because they're all into Acorn computers, the Acorn Electron and the BBCBs and the Archimedes and all that lot. And they're mm. very, very helpful. And I've got all those games I had on the BBCB, which is going to Bobby Idod. Yeah. And I've got them on this little compact for £1. Excellent. And some of the games in there, I was playing a game called Imogen the other day. Have you ever played that? It is what? so good. Is she? No. Is she works on a machine at work, Imogen. Imogen. No, this is a wizard, and you turn into a cat and a monkey. 
Oh, right, great. No, it's not a. She's not a cat. No, or a wizard. She or might a be a wizard. She could she be. Could be a wizard. You never know. Imogen, yeah. are you a wizard? Get out. <laughs> yeah. So on to arcade proper arcade shears now that I've actually yes. picked up for a change first time in ages. I went to Kato's Meat, tried to offload some of my crappier PCBs. I had a gun, de- a double dealer, a Puznik board. I had a pocket gal, you know, that rubbish pool game. Mm. I had an Exoriser. I had a, a decent, decent ones. I had uh, an Espile game, which is a quite a simple shooter. I also had Moon Patrol bootleg to sell. Nobody bought anything. Nobody. Ooh, Moon Patrol, I love it. You can buy it from me if you want one. Mm. With an adapter. A pound? More than that. Two pound. Uh, keep going. We could be here a while. <laughs> Yeah, you can have it for £60, but you'd just rather play it on main, wouldn't you? It is. Well, I play it at arcade club. Fair play. I'll sell it anyway. But I went up there to try and sell things at the back of my boot. I also did that that uh, back door for Battlezone for Tony, is what she had off me. So when I was doing the, the old proper car boot sale for him out of the back of his boot, out of the back of his Volvo, mainly because I'm just a nosy get and I wanted to see what he had in his, in his box. He had tons of stuff there. I bought a faulty box, a Bosconian, two of them. Yeah. One actually had a fault on it. It had a little tag saying it had garbled graphics. And another one said, and I'll said, totally untested. That was a, a Nemco one and a Midway one. So I said, how much do you want for them? We sort of ummed an R. And I put them to one side. And I found a Star Force bootleg as well. I don't care if it's a bootleg or original. It doesn't bother me. I always mm. want the PC belt. I've been wanting Star Force for a long time. I love that game. And it said on there, garbled graphics on the tag. So I got them home. None of them worked. Which, you know, I think... It was a chance. I can have a look at them. Might be able to fix them, whatever. I took a chance. I took a load of the chips out of the Bosconians because a lot of them had blackened legs on the the ICs. And one of them at the midway, two of the custom chips, a leg fell off when it came out. I may be able to scrape back a bit of the plastic and and solder another leg on. You can repair them. Yeah. Because the customs, I think think they have been reproduced nowadays, but I think they're quite expensive to buy. So I messed about with it. And tried my adapter on there, and I actually got one of them almost perfectly working. So the money I paid for it is worth that in one go. So I've got two Bosconis now. One of them, the one I, I repaired, or sort of repaired and got going, it plays perfectly. Graphics are perfect. The game plays perfectly. All the sounds work perfectly. The controls all work. But the speech is all over the place. It just starts mm. spe- spurting out garbled bits of sentences when just by randomly playing but it still works so i need to sort that out. i've put a, a, a an ask out on uk vac to see if i can work out what the speech problem is it might just be an e-problem need to be burned and i don't know yet i haven't really looked into it is it still telling you to take your socks off socks off socks off it keeps saying red alert when it's not red alert and that really bothers me because when it goes red alert that's when you start worrying you've got to do it quick but yeah, it's good. It still works okay. And the Star Force, I was up till like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning last night doing stuff because I was just wasn't tired. I had the arcade bug again. I was doing stuff. And I was I had the test bench on in, in here, which is the uh, the repair centre stroke hobby room stroke podcast studio stroke yes. junk storage. And I had, it on the, 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 I had it on a super gun on this monitor I've got here. And I messed around with it. I moved a few things. I replaced a cap that looked like it was about to fall off. And I, I tied up some, I messed around with some, some solder joints and it looked too good. And it only went and worked, didn't it? Ooh, and I sent awesome. you a picture of it. Look what I got. 
But then when mm-hmm. I took it into the garage this morning to test out the game properly to play the controls and the sounds, it didn't work again. So there's obviously something on there that's when you squeeze it or move it, it's working. And when you don't, it doesn't work. So I'm going to stick with that and have another go of it and try and get it to work. Because I love Star Force. Such a it good is, game. It is great. It's really I good. always remember playing Star Force. You know you've always got a memory of a certain game. Mm. I didn't play it as a kid. I never knew anything about it. But when we first started doing the podcast together, I think we were only one or two in, I went up to your surprise birthday do that your sneaky wife Jan sorted out. Yeah. And we were playing it on a, a Lord's Vale cab like your one. Yeah. And I really liked it. I've got to have a cab with this game in it just like this because it's a really nice game to put to play on there. And it always reminds me of that. So that was a really great night that night. We bought a cake and it was great. That was a little arcade club then, wasn't it? When Andy's shops back then. Yeah, the very first one. That was yeah, a was really awesome, nice, nice evening, that was. And yeah, so hopefully get that going. And uh, yeah, so I've got some bargains there, I thought. It's just getting the one Bosconian working, or even nearly working, very close to working, is worth what I paid for him. So thanks, Ol, for selling for me. Yeah, you'll get them sorted. I hope so. Arcade Victorian insults. <laughs> la la la, it's music quiz time. I say, Horatio, we have something different to do this week because we shot our load, as it were, last time with that cat, that fumble trumper, Tronads. So this week we're going to do a music quiz. Right. Ha! I know you don't like doing them, so I'm going to make you do it. I, 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 love I fooled you into thinking it was a Victorian insult. <laughs> I love music quizzes. Go on, Vic. No, you don't, because you're rubbish at Lay it on right, my baby. Here we go. First one's first. Yes. I was going to do a Bruce Forsyth then, but it's very sad news the poor old guy's died, isn't it? Yes. He, for our overseas listeners, he is a guy that's been in the UK... Entertainment business for 60 years plus? 60 years, yeah. He was and a singer, a dancer, TV presenter, judge on certain things. Absolute, well, he was a top guy, wasn't he? I mean, yeah, on, he's always been on TV, always been on the radio. He was a massive star in the UK, and unfortunately died. He was 89, though, so he had a good innings. Mm. And he was also married to what, a former Miss World for about 40 years. So well yeah. done, Bruce. Anyway. <sighs> <laughs> Go on, do a good game. Go on, one more Good time. game, good game. It was a good game for him, so thanks, Bruce. We mean no jokes by doing impressions of you. We really liked you. Anyway, in in... The vein of Bruce Forsyth, we're going to do a music quiz. Yes. First one's first. (laughs) Do you want it again? Yeah. Is that Dig Dug? No. Of course it's not Dig Dug. (laughs) Right, next one. We can go back to at the end. Uh, Thank you. Next one. The end bit should give you that. What is that? Do you I've again? never heard of that. You have. You really have. Let's give it again for you. Is that the Atari 2600 <laughs> version of Demon Attack? No, it is not. Damn it. Right, I'll give you some clues at the end, but oh. we'll do that at the end. Here's the next one for you. This one is really easy. It's a spy thing, is it? <laughs> Not even close. Go on, do it again. Want it again? Once more. Shinobi. 
No, you're close. Ninja Warriors. No. Oh. Right, here's, here's number th- one, four. two, three, four. This is number four for you. This is rubbish, this bit. I know you didn't like it. That's why I had to sneak it into you. Some Pac-Man thing, eh? No. I will, I've got clues for all these. I'm just thinking about them now. I'll give you... You want it again, or should I give you a clue at the end? A clue at the end, please. Okay. Right, the last one. It's an easy one. It's another easy one. Some of these are easy, and some are quite difficult. Oh, what is it? Was it? You had the end bit right as well. Want it again, just to jog your memory? Is it Pendo? Yes! Oh, I got one. Yes, you did. So you got I one got... out of five, very poor. Yes, an improvement. <laughs> improvement on your usual scores, yeah. We will go back to that before the end of the podcast and do the results. We don't have to. Yeah, we do. Okay. Listener feedback. So, Flinster has been giving us some feedback, as well as all the other lovely listeners. Thank you for your feedback. So Flinster says, I need to catch up. Missed the last few podcasts. I'm working backwards, starting with this one. Wireless headphones for the win. I listened while I had my head in the bottom of the most recent cab I'm working on, and while outside sewing MDF panels. Ruddy perfect. I'm with Victor on the hate of retro gaming on flat panel TVs. Still loving 28-inch CRT as my main TV with retro consoles connected. Also trying to get myself Pi Box sorted now, as I've already played with Attract Mode before. So I fancied in some more custom themes for my cab too. They'll look nice in his Dino Kings. Mm. Little little um, because what you could do if you if you themed a Dino King with say Wonder Boy, you can make a Wonder Boy theme for your Attract Mode. Right, yeah, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Really nice. Mm. Finish it right yeah. off. Yes, had some feedback from Mr. Silly Steve. Hey guys, great pod. Going to get some early feedback in as I keep forgetting. Love the Double Dragon music, so iconic. Featured game review was so funny. I didn't actually get a chance to play Dr. Micro, but even though Mr. Holly liked it and was trying to protect everything he said about it, he just made it sound awful. I can't believe Fantasy Zone wasn't well received. Really enjoyed that one. You've never mentioned having a GP2X Wizvic. Great little handheld you don't often see. And I'm pretty sure Namco Classics on the Switch is £30 download only. Oh, my God. Definitely yeah. won't be investing, he said. I was talking to Mr. Cine Steve at the Kado meet yesterday. Mm-hmm. And this man makes a lot of sense. He doesn't like that stupid game, Dr. Micro. Uh, no. No, he doesn't. He's got a GP2X Wiz, and he's got a Switch, which we're talking about. And he's not going to download Namco Classics for £30. That man knows what you're talking about. He's got one wrong there, though, because Dr. Micro is a, a Stone Cold classic. <laughs> stone Cold, as in a Stone Cold turd. Oh, Tin, brother of bronze, owner of one of my fantastic Sega Dino King panels. Yes. He was probably lolling to himself at the impromptu French biscuit section. I'm glad he liked that. Yeah, that was good, that, yeah. <laughs> An Nick's- idiot in a car. Yeah. Nick73, really enjoyed the tone of this episode with Sean's positivity and Vic's negativity about Dr. Micro. Mm. The pair of you were like an old school comedy double act and I genuinely laughed out loud a few times walking to work. God knows what people thought. Yes. Great stuff though, boys. And for what it's worth, I totally agree with Vic about Dr. Micro. No, Nick, man. No. No. Yes. I'll give every game a fair crack, especially if it's not one I've played before, but I just couldn't bring myself to play this one again after just one frustrating session. I, I called Fantasy Zone 2 a turd. How dare I you? Have, I should have kept that description for Dr. Micro. Sorry, Sean. Well, Nick, we're going to ban him. 
No. Why not? We're going to give him A for no, saying we, that. No. Yes. Oh, hold on a minute. He didn't like Fantasy Zone 2. Oh. You do reverse ping. You know, ping, a ping and a pop. Mm. Tagster, cheeky dingo. Great episode. Really fun as always. And the Victorian insults just keep getting on more fun, you pair of mutton shunters. <laughs> oh, this is one. I got also one from Bill Kendrick on Twitter. I've got to go backwards with this one, I think. We were talking about something, and I think he said, was I okay? Because I was, I was remarking some silly things when I put the podcast out on Twitter. You were. I was saying that certain people were saying this about it, and it was totally made up rubbish, making up names and, and professions for people. And he said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, nothing wrong with me. And I put a, I put a picture of Basil Fawlty when he's got the, the bandage on his head. He's looking sort of a bit weird. And he was because I think Bill Kendrick's American. He said, I watched it as a kid before seeing Monty Python. For decades, I've randomly blurted out, I know nothing. And I can speak English very well, which is the Manuel thing he does in Fawlty Towers. Yeah. <laughs> and he was also talking, he, he's another one he said, was Willem's Predator sounds nifty. In college, a friend and I made a multiplayer X-Window game a la Asteroid Stroke Sinistar with scrolling and power-ups. And he also said it included cloak invisibility, which was hilarious. And when your life support was low, you left a trail of little five-pixel-high dead guys. So That's he's done great. a game very similar to Predators. And I, I really hope Predators is going to be on MAME soon. That'd be really cool to play. Because especially if you could... I think there is a version of MAME where you can, you can internet link together to play together. Yeah, how cool would that be playing four-player predators on- online with someone? Yeah, I think it'd be good, wouldn't it? It'd be really good. Yeah, let's we'll look into that. Right, I'm just looking back. Right on your tweets. Oh you, yeah, your mental tweets. This is from a couple of weeks ago. I was bored in the morning. <laughs> you put right. There's a few here. You've put the ten pences are top podcasting flower pots from Beverly Tinglepit thirty-three, <laughs> HMP Holloway. <laughs> That's and a prison you- in the UK, by the way, everyone. Then you put uh, 10 pence podcast, the North South powerhouse of biscuits. Alan door handle 22 from Grimsby. <laughs> the 10 pence podcast must be good. People keep leaving five star reviews in my online store. Ian tunes 40 California. Yeah. Uh, the 10 pence podcast makes my wheel, <laughs> makes my wheelbarrow ride a dream. The Vena <laughs> blowfish 36 from Gloucester. <laughs> so actually, I can't remember writing these now. And then you put, I listened to the 10 pence podcast while covering myself with gaffer tape. Dave Flubber, 46 from Oxford. <laughs> oh, God. That Dave Flubber and his, uh, his gaffer tape, you've got to watch out for him. And it goes on and on and on. <laughs> and it probably will do now. I've started that rubbish off. Anyway, back to the feedback, kids. Trollnads, the, the undefeatable Trollnads. Yes. The Victorian insult went on far too long. Harumph, he's put. And then Neil25 has put, damn funny though, especially when Sean starts to lose the accent and giggle. I'd never do that. No, you never do that, sir. No, no. Tactical genius. Great podcast as ever. I was thinking, if you were looking for content, what about something called Arcade Heritage? Ask the users to talk about the places they first got into arcade. That's a good idea. It's a good idea. Might steal that. I was given another good idea for an an arcade uh, segment the other day, and I'll talk to you about it after the podcast. Oh, a future thing come up maybe. Sean from Pie Factory Podcast, Mister Courtney said he, he actually pointed out that Pac Man and Chomp Chomp because we didn't know what it was. We were discussing it last time. It's actually a version of Pack and Pal. 
Ah, okay. Which is uh, one of the Pac-Man sequels, 1983. Yes. Yeah. And, and you have a little a little dog that follows you around. Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah, Chomp Chomp is from the Pac-Man cartoon. I think that's why they've called it Chomp Chomp. Ah, okay. Tie-in. Mm. It's the last bit I got just this morning, actually. Ian Davies. Chaps, love the podcast. Discover it approximately a month ago via you lot guesting with RGDS Posse and tormenting the Drisk about his frankly dubious taste in games. Oh, yes. I second that. Very amusing. I listen to all 2016 pods, and the quality is consistently high. In fact, I'd go as far as to say you're the best gaming podcast out there. I'm a child of the golden age and spent an inordinate amount of times in arcades in the early 80s. And in it, one of these dens of iniquity were run into the game, which I humbly suggest you feature in a future episode, Venture. It's on the list now. Mm. Ahead of its time and yet cruelly ignored. Come on, Tenpence Arcade. Give it the love it deserves. Uh, that's it. Cheers for the podcast. Long may it run. Thank you very much, Mr. Davies. That's very nice, very nice praise. We've discussed venture before, haven't we? It's, yeah. I keep coming back to it, and I'm not so keen. Uh, well, it's a very maybe, simple game, isn't it? Maybe give it a go. It, it doesn't. It's a bit sort of laggy. The controls are a bit laggy. Isn't it the Atari Twenty Six Hundred version of Adventure? It's very no. similar, isn't it? Or is it not? No, it's. It's a, like a maze game, basically, kind of. And you go into rooms. Yeah. You're just a dot, yeah. and you go around the area. Then when you go into a room, it goes bigger, and you're, you're an actual character with a little bow. Yeah, it was smiley face with the bow, but the bow is... The, the firing of the arrow is very slow, I think. I can't remember. I've played it, and I quite like it, but I can't remember the ins and outs of it, of it being slow or anything. But that might be a bit annoying. Maybe it's what? just MAME that does that. Mm, maybe. If anyone's, got, if anyone's got a cab, tell us what it's like in real life. So I've never seen. I think I've only seen a real one in America. Maybe one of the big arcades. Can't remember. No, I've never seen it. I think. Okay. Onwards and upwards to shout out. First one for me, Richard Broadhurst, the BBCB computer whiz, who has been tirelessly helping me with info on the BBC and and computers and their software. Shout out to his awesome arcade ports he makes for the BB2 and emulators he's now doing. Mm. So I look forward to playing that. Right, I'm going to give a shout-out to Galloping Ghost Arcade, who have just celebrated their seventh birthday. And, and another 77 years to go, hopefully. Seven, 2010, they started August. Wow. With, Look how big it is now. With 114 games or something, and now they have 614, almost 608, that, something like that. That is not bad. Going. Well done, Doc, and all the staff at Galloping Ghost. Awesome. Keep it up, lads. I was talking to Tony Temple the other day, because go, he goes to America quite a lot. For these events, he goes all over meeting, you know, arcade luminaries and, and arcade owners and going to different arcades. And he travels around quite a lot. And he's doing a a trip either this year or next year, he was talking about. And I talked to him about the, the Galloping Ghost. So you've got to go to Chicago. You've got to go to Galloping Ghost and then go to Underground Retrocade and go to Logan Arcade and all this sort of stuff. And there's loads of things in between. And oh, yeah, it's good. And it'd be really nice to get a bunch of arcade people just to go for a week or something together. But, I mean, oh, it'd take yeah. a lot of organising. Everyone's got the money to do it and the time off work and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, we sort of think about that. Maybe we'll talk about it another day. But, mm. yeah, that'd be really good because Galloping Ghost needs, I think, minimum two days to, to look around properly and play everything you want to play and talk to people. Because Pete Hahn will be there and I'm sure there's other guys, good score guys there. And, you know, Doc's really nice. It just it'd be amazing to go again. 
I'd love to go. You, you went for just a day, didn't you? You managed to get there for a day. It was not enough. It wasn't even a day. I went there with the Sky Cursor guys. I, I met them and they picked me up and they kindly took me there. And we talked to Doc and we had a look around the arcade. It took me, I think, 25 minutes to basically run around with a video camera just commenting on all the games. I don't think I even got all of them. So it'd be nice yeah. to have a proper game. I tried to play, like Tony was saying to me yesterday, you go there and you normally play the games you've got at home and you talk to people and that's all you do. But he, he is actually now going and saying, right, I'm going to do all these games. And the last time he was at Fun Spot, he played half the games. He went from one game, played a few games, to the next game, played a few games, the next game, played a few games, and just tried to get his money's worth out of his trip. Because you're going over there, all them hours and money you're getting over there and time off and away from your family... And you're just doing the same old things you do in your garage. So what he's yeah. sort of decided now, and I'm doing the same thing, is to go and play certain games you've never played before. So when I was at the Galloping Ghost, I played stuff that I've never even seen before. Some of the rare games they had. I played some really odd-looking cabs like Wacko. And I played uh, Cosmic Cruiser and oh, the two-player yeah. Warlords. And just weird and wonderful things I've never even seen. I'll probably never see again unless I go back there. So I actually played some of those. And it'd be nice to go there and play all these weird and wonderful games. Because they're getting games every week at the Galloping Ghost. So it'd be really nice to do that. So we'll have to organise it one day, maybe next year or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to go one day. I really want to go. And like you say, two days minimum, really. Yes, I think so. If you stayed there, I think you could have a whole week there. Say five days, week weekdays and the weekends. You could easily entertain yourself at Galloping Ghost, Underground Retrocade, Logan Hardware, and then just looking around Chicago because Chicago is a really nice place as well. Because we can meet up with the with the Pie Factory people and just have a great. I think it'd be a really good holiday for us. We we'll have to let's, talk about it. Let's do it. Well, we can say we we'll do it. We need to work out a time and, and and sort of money and everything. But mm. you know, it's not that expensive. You go off season, it's not that bad. Yeah. Make sure you take a jumper to Chicago though, because it's a bit cold. A lot Ooh, of time. Okay. Yep. So that's that. So happy birthday, Galloping Ghost. Yes. Uh, for me, all the nice people who have voted and done audio submissions for our upcoming Top 50 Arcade Games. We've got a few audio submissions. Loads of people have told us their, their favourite games in the arcade. Yeah. Thank you. Keep it coming. It'll be a little while before we do it because I'm on holiday after the next podcast. So it'll probably be after that. But we're going to put a lot of work into finding what people like, working out the games, the Top 50, finding some interesting things about the games to talk about, have people talk about their favourite games. We can comment on what we did and how we played them and all that sort of stuff. So it'd be quite a long one. It'd be 50 games as well we're going to get through. It may yeah. even be in a few parts. But yeah. I'm looking forward to doing that one. I'm looking forward to that. We've had literally hundreds of votes already, but keep them coming in, kids, because the more votes we have, the more balanced kind of top 50 we're going to get, isn't it? Absolutely. And mm. when we say hundreds, when we do a competition, we say hundreds of people have wrote in. Normally it's six. But yeah. <laughs> in actual fact, we have had a few hundred people tell us their favourite games. That's a fact. Uh, it's not going to be a, a rundown of 50 to 1, and t- the 1 being the top best game in the world, because that doesn't work. It's mm. going to be the top 50 games that have been voted for, in no particular order, but we will say the one that has the most votes. Yeah, or we could do it in categories. We could say, like... Yeah. Racing games. These these five racing games got in the top fifty on shooters and could yeah, do that. Could definitely, do that. that's a good idea. Yeah. Mm. So we will do that. I'm looking forward to that one because because um, a lot of the games on there aren't particularly my favourite games, not particularly your favourite games, but 
we have respect for them because mm. they're, they're our listeners' favourite games and the people who, who grew up with these machines, whether it be in a foreign country to the UK, America, Europe, wherever, Australia, wherever. So we mm. could hopefully get a balanced view. That'd be really interesting. Yes, and I'm going to give one more shout-out to a couple of new up-and-coming podcasts, Arcade Perfect Podcast, which is the yes, Australian like that guys. One. Looking forward to listening to the second one tomorrow. They've done our type this time, and Excellent. Game Music Guide M, Paul McCaster's podcast, which is very good about music in game, not just arcade games, but all games. Excellent. Do like a do like a music in a game. Love it. And one last one for me, uh, Carl from doing the Kado uh, meet yesterday, and everyone who came there. Awesome. Lovely meeting up with people again. Lovely to see some new faces. Really good, good meet. It was excellent. Thank you. Tech tips. Right, we have been flooded, flooded, I say, with complaints following my jam adapter, jam adapter tech tips a few Why? shows back. Yeah, Why well, are they complaining about it? They were, they were taught something. <laughs> They've been learning and lear- listening and learning. Listeners, L- listeners have been complaining about games not working after applying jam to PCP PCB pins, as suggested in the tip. All I can say is you're using the wrong jam. Do you know what they are? Ignorant. Mm. Ignorant. What you need to do is use a good quality jam. You don't want to use pound shop thin junk, do you? That's more like a like a coolie. It's not a jam. <laughs> Sauce. Yeah. A high quality Waitrose exceptional spread is what you want for a rare expensive PCB. You wouldn't catch me putting pound shop sauce on an R-type Leo. You wouldn't. I'd use an exquisite quince paste from Waitrose on that. <laughs> What are you laughing at? Remember. I'm trying to help people here. Listeners out there, remember. It's strawberry jam for shoot-em-ups. That's what you've got to put on. It does. Raspberry jam for platformers. And if you you fail, you'll get graphical glitches. Yeah, it could do. There'll be be little seeds and stones in there. Mm. Blueberry on maze games. Marmalade on racers. It's not a jam, but it it works with racers. Yeah, well, there are different... You know, there's steering wheels involved. Yeah. You don't want to get sticky jam on a steering wheel, do you? And of course, a good quality apple chutney on Cuba. Yeah, that's a bit of a bit of an odd one, isn't it? An odd ball. Mm. So, well done on another excellent tech tip. It is a quickie, but a goodie. Top one hundred arcade games. This is if we had a hundred games in an arcade, these would be our hundred games, our own perfect arcade. It would be a wicked arcade if we get this lot in there, wouldn't it? Yeah, so I'm walking in my arcade this week and down aisle three. Clean up on aisle three. Is is all your jams, obviously. And yeah. then you've got five shoot 'em ups from the late 80s to the mid 90s. And they are, you ready? Go on. I love all of these. Truxton. Also known as Tatsujin. Yeah. Truxton 2, Tatsujin O. Yeah. Which. I think popularised the auto fire function. Oh, well, I can auto fire. You do <laughs> nothing wrong with an auto fire. Gunbird, which has got them Gunbird, them crazy anime cutscenes, like a kind of a Japanese eighties cartoon. I love it. It's a bit mad. Shenryu, 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 which I've been playing at the back cave, which is very Truxton like, but it's got its own little personality as well. It's a good game. And Raiden Fighters. Oh, that's mad as heck. 
Yeah, I can't remember which one I like better, Ride and Fighters 1, 2, or Jet. So I've just said Ride and Fighters. The one we were playing at Nerg. I think okay. that's Ride and Fighters 1. I'll have to ask Mike Lee. Is, is that a, a boss rush game? No, not really. Because it, it doesn't, it's not, it's very different to Raiden and Raiden 2. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, Raiden 3 and 4 as well, actually, the Raiden series. Raiden Fighters is like an offshoot of it. Mm. And I remember them, it's being crazy, crazy game. Because Alex, when Alex bought a jammer cab years ago and storing it in my garage, it was a, it was a Supreme Cab, I can't remember what it was now, Video Master, I can't remember. It came with Raiden Fighters in it. Right. And it's insane. It's so fast and there's bullets everywhere and we just didn't know what was going on. It's just too quick. It is. I think he sold that for good money as well. It's one of those expensive PCBs, I think. Well, my five for the next yes. five. Astro Blaster. Mm. A twisted Astro Blaster. Yes. That's a great game. I remember playing that as a kid. I remember the sounds on that game, you just walk into an arcade and you know it's Astro Blaster. It's a very, very distinctive sound, and that speech is amazing. I absolutely love it. How oh, they've got the speech that good for that time. There's nothing else comes close to the clarity of that speech. It's really robotic, and it just mm. screams early 80s at you, doesn't it? Fighter pilots needed in Sector Wars. Play Astro Blaster. Uh, Black Widow. Yes. Excellent twin stick shooter, color vector. Probably that and Tempest, the only color vector games I'd have. Uh, mm. Sheriff. Yep, good game. Not just because Alex has got it, but that is a reason. Uh, I played it as a kid. I played either Sheriff or Bandido. I played it in a lot of places. I remember seeing it in quite a few arcades on, on the, the UK coast when I was a kid. Played it quite a lot. I used to like it. Well, I never uh, saw it. I did a lot. Uh, Jumping Jack, uh, early game. universal game, mm, which game, we did in the podcast a long, long time ago, and I got mm. a PCB of it eventually, because that was one of the games that came on the 60-in-1 that wasn't on the earlier 48-in-1. It was one of the extra right. decent games on there. Uh, and the last one for this time is Space Fever High Splitter, which is a Space Invaders clone, but you get really fat aliens. Mm. When you shoot them, if you don't shoot them right in the middle, they split into two little aliens. And when the, the boss... UFO goes across the top of the screen. If you hit it, another little one fires out of it and really quickly runs across or flies across the screen. If you get that, you get a big bonus. So it's got little extra quirks in the game. And also you've got A, B and C games on that game where you can have a single line of invaders or you get two columns of invaders or you get a a, a full-on column of invaders just like Space Invaders. There's three different games to that. So it's Mm. a really nice, weird, odd kind of Space Invaders. Very Nintendo-ish. Yes, it's a, it's it's a bit of a different take on the Space Invaders, isn't it? Very nice, but a good one. Yeah, mm, yeah. So I've added some more. I've added another seventeen after that. So we've got some more before our hundred runs out. Yeah, for next I have, time. I've got another four to put in, but I will have more next time. Okay, let's have a bit of music, shall we? Yes. So we were going to have Mad Planet's music. It's really bassy, but it's it's sort of an in-game sound more than anything. It's sort of like a background sound, isn't it? It doesn't really listen well when you're listening to on a podcast. So what we're going to do mm. is play another game I was playing yesterday but didn't like. We're going to put the soundtrack from Spy Hunter on, which is a brilliant soundtrack. Peter Gunn. Thank you. 
that i hope you enjoyed that i did lovely bass line that and everyone basically at the meet was going on the way out sorry Vic. should have seen his face then listeners <laughs> featured game review this is mega twins which sounds like a euphemism for something yes 1990 Capcom, also known as Chicky Chicky Boys in Japan. It's got an eight-way joystick with three buttons. Sword. Sword. Jump and bomb. I didn't even know about bomb until later on today when I played it. Oh, my God. I forgot. doesn't need it. Runs on CPS hardware. Uh, 68K CPU at 10 megahertz. 10 megahertz, Sean. <laughs> 10 times faster than a Commodore 64. Wow. Crazy as that. Uh, with the Z80 just for the sound at 4 megahertz. Same hardware as some much better games. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right, the gameplay. You play as a twin who is quite mega. Oh, I've got a thing about this. Go on. When I was li- watching it earlier, I was watching the track mode when I was playing the game. You know they're twins, right? It says mm. it has little profiles about the, di- the different characters because you can play cooperatively. And it says, so-and-so twin, the older one. I was like, hold on a minute. They're twins. Older as in, like, first out of the womb. Yeah. Must be. That's just daft, isn't it? Older and younger twins. They're the same. Same age. Come on. Anyway, you have to save your ancient homeland from something pretty bad. That's pretty bad. That's about it for the story. It's a very convoluted backstory, but who cares, Vic? Just it's a story. It's far too much story for a platformer thing. Mm, Doesn't need it. This is an FAGR thing. Go on. What's that? With your fight, acronyms. Fight and go right. It's sort of, isn't it? It's not really a platform. It's more of a fight and go right. Yeah. F-A-G-R, really platformy, hacky, slashy thing. You have a short-range weapon in the form of a short, stubby sword. sword. So probably... Yes. And you can jump and bomb crap with your special. And it can be replenished by collecting pearls inside oysters, obviously. Oh, I wonder what they were for. Is that yeah. it? Mm, okay. You have a health bar in the top left of the screen, allowing for three or four hits before you die. Depends what it's here. Also displayed is a countdown timer. And a score. The number of lives remaining, number of bombs remaining, items collected. There's a lot, a lot of info. A lot of stuff. Yeah. You start off with some boots. That's Really? Yeah, I know what they do now, actually. You can climb up stuff. You can do wall jumps with them boots on. Oh. Anyway. That's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Game begin. Input your name before you play. Really? One of my pet hates is inputting your name before you play. You will put your name in after you've played. Me too. If if you've got a good score. If you haven't got a good score, you don't put your name in. Anyway, track and field does it, which is okay, I think. Side Ah, up. The reason track and field does it. It's because when you're playing four players, it tells you which two players are playing at a time. Yeah. Because it's two-player controllers. That's, that makes sense. This game doesn't need to know your name before you start. If you just press end, it comes up USA. 
There's loads. It comes at like Ron and Lil. Ron. Ron, da- yeah. Dav for Dave. Yeah. What a load side of arms does it as well. You have to put okay. your name in. Why would you do that on side no, arms? Anyway. No. You can then pick to play one of the first three rounds in any order you like. Round one. Bing! Forest. Lost Lots in of... a forest. All alone. Yes. <laughs> Lots of hidden chests in this game, oh, giving oh, out coins. Ooh, ooh, madam. Ooh, ooh. And sometimes large energy pills giving you back some health. Fight a mid-level boss who is a blue jerk in a floating wok. He's a... He's a jerk. He's a knobhead, isn't he? He would... <laughs> it would he really around. is. It would float around in a wok. In a, in a floaty, leafy wok. Yeah. Then you go into a lava cave. You can cling to cave walls and stalactites with your blue boots. Enemies include mini volcanoes and grey fairy fraggle rock rejects. End of level boss is a weird rock beast with stretchy arms and a volcano head. Bosses have health bars too, which helps slice his face off of Hey, you! Volcano heed. Somebody's getting stabbed in a minute. Because <laughs> he turns into a Glaswegian. Does he? Yeah, yeah. You've not heard it. Turn the music up, you'll hear it. I didn't know that. Anyway. You've got to smash you. <laughs> Round two. You can now fly through the sky using your attractive bird hat. This I level... do like a bird hat. I do. Truth be told, I do like a bird hat. Yes. This level allows for free movement all over the screen. No platforms here, kids. Although you do annoyingly land on clouds in the foreground, which throws you. Because you fly in, and then you land, and you've got to push up to get off the cloud. Have you ever tried to land on a cloud? Not recently. Doesn't work. No. A cool touch in this level is the rain-producing shower heads attached to the underside of the clouds. Oh, God, they're annoying. They slow you down. It's quite good, that, actually. Oh, rubbish. Now you can fight a blonde toddler on his own little cloud, who, upon defeation... That's a new word, defeation. Good it word. Means, it Strong means word. To be, to be defeated. He apologises, then, for trying to shoot your face off, which is a bit late. Mm. Then it's back to ground level for a tete-a-tete, a tete-a-tete, with a twin-headed, fire-breathing, egg-spitting, turtle-shell wing thing. Didn't go that far. Mm. <laughs> Did you not? It's only level two. Oh, God, why would I? Uh, then one last bit where you are flying up, up, up on a cloud to, up, up and away to do a battle with, with four... the fiesta quilted towel <laughs> to do a battle with four broad beans, not three. Wait, wait, hold on a minute. What? Yeah. I was going to watch be- a video for this and I forgot to do it. But uh, what? Uh, they look like broad beans with legs. Obviously, carry on. <laughs> Collect all your coins on the way up and get a 10,000 point reward. At the end of the level, you are awarded various bonuses for time, power-ups, coins collected. Most points in this game come at the end of each round. Yeah, it doesn't work, does it? It's not very balanced. So what I do, I rush through the level. Just it takes about the... 12 seconds. Honestly, it does, yeah. There are cutscenes all over this game. Ignore them because they just make no sense. It's some strange Japanese RPG-style story. Yeah, there's a weird... Girly princessy type heavenly thing, isn't there, or some, some angel? Some, I don't know. Some dragons and what you need is is a, is a princess with a name that begins with Z. No, Z. you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> I bet you'd be playing Zelda straight after this, won't you? Maybe. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> round three is an underwater level. You now have a snorkel and fight some fish. Do you know what? Yeah. It's a water level that looks identical to the cloud level, but with blue in it rather than white. Clever. Very mm. clever. What they mm. did there. 
get mixed up with what bomb type you were using because all the three of them are such similar colours. And you missed the boss crab with lasers when you thought you had lightning. That there's a like lasery cra- crabby laser or a lasery crab. Lasery crab. Lazy crab. You lazy get. You've got yellow, orange, and red or summer. And I, I got mixed up with them anyway. Mm. There's a nice shipwreck to explore here. Do you know what? Mm. When I saw this shipwreck level, I remember playing this game on Mame. Did many you grow years up on a? Did you grow up on a, a wrecked ship? Uh, no, a knackered just, ship. Just a knackered village I grew up in. <laughs> <laughs> Fight two more boss fights after that. Both being anglerfish with light bulbs in front of their faces. The second one takes an age to kill. It's far too long to kill. <laughs> You just in the end, you make a mistake and get killed. You ever had a fight with an anglerfish? No, no. They're nails. Are they? Yeah. Well, why don't you just take them out of the water and put them on the side of the beach? That'll be crap. Because they're snappy. (laughs) Yeah. Very teethy. Very teethy. Yes. Right. We're on to round four now, which is in lots of bits. Mega Twins now now gets bored of conventional level numbering conventions and starts numbering them stupidly. Yeah, why on level four? Why don't they do level 1.1, 1. 1. 1.2, 1.3, like they, a lot of standard games do? Mm. Solomon's yeah. Key had bad, bad level numbers. Daft buggers. So you now have R4 Battle Stage 1, which is really round four stage one. This consists of a jungle-type platform level and a crystal cave bit. You can use a Mario-style wall jump to climb over the big columns of rock. Turtle Dinosaur is back, followed by a nightmarish section and a fight with a fat green oriental man carrying a bucket of Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I, just, I just gave you a, a Daxon side-eye then. Like that. Honestly, it's Brussels sprouts. Of course it round- is. Round four, battle stages two, three, four, and five feature more outlandish foes to stab, including a boss-eyed scorpion, a skeleton swordsman wearing Bermuda shorts, an upside-down vampire also wearing Bermuda shorts, a spiky flower pot man with a large pickaxe sitting in a diseased tank. <laughs> okay. The tank's like green and yellow, it looks diseased. A spinning bazooka man on the back of a headless turtle and a clown on a giant marble. Do you know I made some stuff up on Twitter earlier? Yes. Are you making this up? Because no, I didn't honestly, get this far in the game. I didn't get I, I watched it on YouTube. It sounds very Holly-ish to me. Somebody one CC'd it, right, without using any bombs. Uh, I've watched mm. his, his playthrough. There are different backgrounds, including palaces and collapsing towers. Round five is Escape to Paradise. Are they off on holiday? I think there might be. Okay. And you have to escape all this madness in an airship made from parts of a dog. A dog plane. Yeah, it's, it looks like a dog. Anyway, apparently there are differences between the two twins. Player one, if you play as him, is stronger. Player two can carry more magic spells. I didn't even know you could play as each one. I thought that was just for co-op play together. Yeah, it is, yeah. You, you can, oh, okay. Yeah, I think it is. Mm. Play tips and secrets... Nothing. <laughs> I can't be bothered. Got not nothing. It's just yeah, yeah. Just just don't play it. I, I think the listeners know what we're going to say about this game at the end of it. Yeah, we just come and make a noise probably. <laughs> graphics and sound. I sort of like the graphics, cartoony but not too garish. I think a lot of thought and imagination has gone into the graphics actually. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree with that. I like the shipwreck section and the sound is just okay. All right. right for me, nice graphics as you say. I did have on our notes nice sounds, but I've crossed that out. 
and put damned annoying continuous beeping when you have low energy, typical of games of 1919 onwards. When yeah. you've got any little bit of energy, it goes, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, all the way through until you get some more. Yes, I know I've got low energy. I can see it. You've beeped at me three times. I don't need to hear any more. Thank you very much. That really bothers me. Really bugs mm. me. And the game, all the time. It's yes. the, the sounds are really annoying, and the mm. graphics do look pretty. They're well, really well drawn, sixteen bit pixel art. I like the graphics. Really mm. nice looking things. So oh, we're going to go for the scores. Yeah, we've not. We've only had sixteen players this time, which is not a lot for us, really. So people were. Says a lot about this game, doesn't it? Yeah, people were not into it. So. Nick Silver Smurrer. I've put Smurrer instead of Smurfer. Yeah. 39,000. He's put, not for me, this one. No. Not I, for me. Not for not me. For, I don't like it. You don't like it. Paul McCaskey, 39,770. Fun game to credit feed with a friend, but not fun to play for a score. Well, I've got something to say about that later on. <laughs> one level is enough for me, he's put. Ian Cullen, he's got 40,000, and he's put, this makes Peter Patrat look like a masterpiece. Won't be playing this again. Harsh words. It is. Never a harsh word was truly spoken. Yells. Mark Happy Dude has put 50,000, only time for one quick go. Yeah, fair enough. And you, Vic, have got 50,300. Mm. That's, that's, mm. my, that's my whole review. <laughs> <sighs> Mm. Nick, 73, 55,190. Sorry, Tempe score. I'm calling it. It's a turd. Oh. <laughs> Ever Steve, so true, though. Steve Tyke, 84,000. He got that score last week. No motivation to try again. Put me down for one point, he's put, on the on the 10 pence high score chart. Yep. Tactical genius, 98,000. Not a great game, but I didn't hate it as much as some. It's a little bit positive there. He should have hated it as much as some. A we'll little mark of, him down for that. The only bit of positivity in all this list, I think. Yeah. Neil, 20 to 509,000. Brian Hambo, 115,000. I only have this score because I installed it for the kids to play on. It seems too easy, but catches you out trying to rush. You, I do that, try and rush through the levels. The end of level crumpet on stage one was the only thing keeping me going. What? There's breakfast snacks at the end of it. I think it's a crumpet not a griddle cake made from flour and yeast i think it is yeah if there were that if i'd known that was on there i would have played it more i like crumpets i do <laughs> oh, well, oh, that's ruined now charlie far what he's down there oh my lord One hundred and twenty-one thousand. First and last go on mega twins is calling it excellent like it. excellent Gar- garbage i heartily unrecommend unrecommend is that another new word we're learning today it's a good word that's a good one Right, me in fourth place with 152,000. You missed place, out Chris Mooncrest the bootleg. Oh, sorry, yeah. Chris Mooncrest the bootleg has got 123,000. Not a fan of this one, he's put. Yep. Then it's me with 152. Then in third is Ben of Steel, 174, with a late score on Twitter there. He wanted to say in a Brucey voice, good game. Good game, good game. <laughs> but I can't, as this game is crap. Crap looks, game, crap game. It looks nice and is very playable. It's ruined by the those horrible, horrible bosses. Is put, yeah. Sol, great score, two hundred and one thousand, and that's me done. He's put with Wonder Boy in Capcom Land. He's calling it's it. not as good as that, is it? No, me. No. 
Tagster. Well done, Mr. Tagster. First place with a massive 270,360. Cute and colourful, plenty of variation in the stages, styles, more lives, and get rid of the health bow, make it tighter. He likes it. Well, I've got something to say about that. Go on. No. <laughs> That's it, kids. That's the scores. Cabinet art. Uh, nowhere to be found. I looked for it. I did find a Japanese flyer. Or you found a Japanese flyer, sorry. And also, I found this travesty. Discuss. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put this picture on the website. I, en- I encourage people to go and have a look at it, just for curiosity's sake. In the 90s, when they did a, a home version of a game in the arcade, usually, or it's just normal games, actually, for some reason, the UK and especially America, or so- sorry, Europe and America, or anywhere outside of Japan, basically, got terrible artwork box art for these games and this one is really bad i'm not sure what version this is for is it for the mega drive or is it one of the computer versions that never came out let me describe it it's got the mega twins logo which is really fun it's like a sort of mega with stars in it and twins with sort of a gradient color it's all sort of colorful and nice as you expect from this colorful cutesy cartoony game yeah and you've got like a a really hideous haunted forest with mushrooms, toadstools growing around, uh, little beasties on them, and it's got like skulls, and then there's forest animals like bees and, and rats and rabbits and worms. And you've got these little kids who are obviously rip-offs of Mario. They're wearing red jackets, or red T-shirts, and blue... Dungarees. Dungarees and, and, and hats. Obviously they've got to wear a cap because caps in the 80s were cool, weren't they? In the 90s were cool. Mm. Have to have a cap. But then they're brandishing knives. <laughs> little little daggers. And they look like proper chavs who'd like do over an old lady for a purse or something. It's not that kind of game, is it? They're, they're, no, they're... they're really evil little turkeys. Oh god, it's just such a horrible, horrible cover. It's hideous. It's so it's not badly drawn, but it just looks horrible. It looks nothing like the game. The Japanese one is so much more positive isn't it? yeah yeah they always are aren't they this is just mm. horrible they're trying to be they try to do that with games in the 90s they try to be sort of edgy mm. and, and a bit sort of not hip but sort of a bit scary and it's rubbish so bad why did they do it well one of the meager twins has got his hat up his cap on sideways which is quite quite cool isn't it or, or he's just not very good at dressing himself in the morning it could be mm, sartorial inelegance Trivia, trivia, cheeky cheeky boys. Cheeky Obviously, it had to yeah. come up. The Japanese version has you rescuing bikini girls, which is not pres- present. <laughs> it's not present in any of the Western releases. I should hope not to. Sexist no. swines. And this is this is interesting. Sonic the Hedgehog two on the Mega Drive borrowed unused graphics from the Cheeky Cheeky Boys version of the uh, the Mega Drive, well Genesis version. That's so, odd, isn't it? Yeah. So graphics from Cheeky Cheeky Boys was in Sonic the Hedgehog two unused graphics. And Sonic the Hedgehog two is is critically acclaimed as one of the best Sonics. Mm. I like all the Sonic games, and. I'll be getting a certain Sonic game on a certain console very soon. Sonic Mania? Yes. It's got, it's got great reviews, isn't it? I love, I love the 2D Sonics. I hated the 3D ones, apart from Flicky's Island. That was great on the Mega mm. Drive. That was a really good little game. But the 3D ones on the Dreamcast, I absolutely abhorred. I hate them. 
But the 2D Sonic game's amazing on all formats. Really good. I think a couple of the 3D Sonics got a bit of a bad rap, actually. I like a couple of them. Do you? I hate yeah. them. I didn't like uh, Sonic Adventure. I like Terrible. Sonic Heroes and Sonic, I think it's Sonic Adventure Battle 2, something like that. I like <laughs> That was a dog poo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, ports, sequels, and legacy. Uh, the ST and Amiga got versions. Similar hardware, I suppose, 68,000 processors. Uh, the Spectrum Commodore 64 and Amstrad were supposed to have got a version, but were shelved. Uh, the ZX and Amstrad had unfinished versions that have popped up on the internet, and I bet they're rubbish. I bet they're... I actually looked, I watched the ZX version, ZX Spectrum version on TubeFace. Uh, it was unfinished. It had a placeholder graphic in there. A lot of placeholders hadn't actually done the animation for certain bits. So yeah. the island levels were just called air bit, sea bit, and land bit. Yeah. That's what they had written on them. And when the character fired, he just turned into a box with the word fire written on it. Nothing came out, you know, nothing, no projectiles come out. We just had fire, and then the baddie would die. They obviously put the animation in for that, yeah. The programmers obviously hadn't done projectile animations for that, obviously, so we let them off. But horrendous colour clash on the, on the ZX Spectrum, like really bad. Mm-hmm. And your character just gets lost in the background. You don't see him. He just disappears. Uh, far too ambitious for an old 8-bit. 48k computer or 64 you know in the Commodore 64 in the Amstrad it's just too much to do I think for those little computers should have just kept it simple yeah if they'd had less background and just the character and uh, the character sprites it might have been a better game but yeah it's just awful awful Mega Drive got a near identical arcade port but without the two player simultaneous mode Mm -hmm. Uh, and the PC Engine CD-ROM 2 got an absolute perfect non-exact version with the two player mode in it well, that's a shame for the PC Engine then. <laughs> yeah, I mean the yeah. CD. I think CD-ROM two. I'd have to ask Roger about this. He really Roger Cantor knows a lot about the PC Engine. One of our listeners, a friend of ours, and he knows a lot about PC Engine. I think there wasn't very many CD-ROM two games come out. I might be thinking of another another version of CD on the on the PC Engine, but there weren't many games come out for it. And that being one of them makes it even worse bit of hardware. Yeah, if that's the case. Uh, it was also released on some more modern console compilations. Probably good at the time, I suppose. You know, all these Capcom games. But then again, you'd have decent Capcom games on those. Obviously, you probably wouldn't even play it. No. Hmm. Okay, so... Let's, overall, wrap, let's wrap this one up a bit. Overall thoughts and improvements. I've put the levels themselves are literally over in seconds, at least earlier on in the game. Leaving most of your gameplay time spent on the tedious boss fights. More level, less boss I've put. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Feeble, unpower-uppable. That's another new word. Un- I like un- it. Unpower-uppable weapon. What about turning your sword into a bullet sword, like in the the games that begin with Z that you yes. play? Yes. Yes. That'd be yeah. good. Yes. Or at least have some sort of long-range weapon. It's just a stabby, stabby weapon. Yeah. Yeah. A spear. Deepish RPG-style story, not necessary in a game like this. I put extra lives, please. Better games to play on the PS uh, CPS one system all of them i've put and if you look at some of the games on this system you've got the street fighter 2 games yeah you've got strider you've got Pan never Tri- liked strider but i understand why people like it yeah you've got 1941 counter-attack final fight goals and ghosts there's tons oh, of great stuff way on this. better games than this rubbish and we've picked the wrong one week yeah well it wasn't us it was a listener pick who, who did it do we know i don't know it's just one i put in there from someone who asked me yonks ago yeah. I don't know who actually did it, but whoever did it, shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> but 
And then that last bit I've put, I, I've, I've realised that I really dislike wind in games. Oh, I knew you were going to do that. Um, first, you get them levels in Crazy Balloon. Then you get level two on Doctor Micro, which or it, level one or level three of Doctor Micro, which is it's still a damn good game. But, all bad. You know, all bad. <laughs> and then you get wind in these boss a couple of the boss levels one of them is like it's not wind actually it's current where you'd be blowing the, the current is pushing you to the right side of the screen oh, I was really hoping you'd say curry then it was curry pushing you around oh, oh that'd be much better wouldn't it be I, great to be pushed by curry oh god yeah sea of curry brilliant <laughs> I absolutely agree wind in games is just a hindrance and it's annoying as heck it's like ice on levels mm. And have you noticed, most water levels in games are a pain in the backside to complete. Yeah. I remember the old, the old, the first Super Mario. The, mm. the, the, you always try and miss out with the warp levels, the sea level, because it was just junk. A horrible level to do. It's, it was all right once you got the hang of the, the swimming bit. No, I don't like it. I'm doing swimming, kids, look. He's swimming. He's doing a little doggy paddle. Right, for my opinion on this, it just didn't grab me at all, this game. Didn't grab me. Uh, these coin munchers, you know, the continue, put coins into continue, have yep. never, ever appealed to me at all. That's why I don't like the Simpsons, this, the, the Teenage Turtles. Ninja Turtles, yeah. the Children of the Atom, you know, the, the, whatever the game it is. Just never appealed to me, just putting money into complete a game. And when I was a kid, I did it, because that's what it was aimed at, and it flipping worked with me. If I wanted to complete Ninja Gaiden, I keep put, I think I put about three quid into complete that silly game. I did the same with Double Dragon, did the same with loads of games, just to get to the end, to see the end, end level or whatever. Mm. And you, it, they did. It was, a, it was a ruse to put more money in. That's what this is. And nowadays, it's just boring, because we, we can play it for free. We've got MAME. You press 5 to put more money in. Or you, you've got your own cab, just press the coin button or whatever. And it just it never appealed to me, that. It just, I just doesn't wash with me. I just don't do it. I don't appeal to it at all. And you also need an immense amount of skill because if you can one CC a game like this, you're a really good player. And I'm not that good. I'm really not that good. And I don't know how players would play this and practice it to do it. Because mm. they must have some sort of OCD where they want to do a game and they'll complete it and then never touch it again, which is fair enough. I mean, that's a, that's a really skilled thing to do. I'm just not into it. I can't do that. If a game doesn't appeal to me and grab me as soon as I play it, sometimes I can get into it a little bit more, but very rarely. In this game could not be bothered it just mm-hmm. just you sort of go along for five seconds and it's a silly boss and it's oh god and it's a bit crowded on the screen and stuff it's nah no skill involved i don't think in this game yeah the, well it's got skill be involved so close to the bosses to hit them because of the crappy little sword yeah, it's if just you, not if you know, i think it's more of a memory muscle game again if you know exactly where to be on a certain platform to hit a boss and you can keep hitting him there then move to another platform keep him and he's dead it's just a memory game isn't it yeah, so there's um, it's just not. The graphics are good, but yeah. it's just just not not there for me. This no, and it's got no return play value. That's why I didn't play it very much. I only had about seven, six or seven games. Just couldn't. Your thing with an hour, I, I would kill me. I had, I, I had more. I had better things to do. I had paint to watch dry. I had a floor <laughs> to look at with face down on the floor. It's just things like that. You know, more interested than playing this game. Maybe it little stars around it. More fun as a joint co-op mode with a friend. Mm. But I think that would just make the screen very, very crowded. There's not a lot of room to move on the screen. So sprites are quite big anyway. Yeah. I think that would just make this, the game crowded. And if you play two-player, I would have thought they'd probably throw more enemies at you as well. Because it's obviously easy with two players together. So, yeah. No. 
The Charlie well, Farr was right when it Mega Twins. I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. Well, I I was determined to do the first three rounds, and the second I did in, you know, in one credit. Yeah. I got onto round four. That was it. I won't bother. Then I just died. Switched yeah. it off. Registered my score. That's it. Yeah, it's. I like the idea it had some nice backgrounds and it had different bosses and everything, but it was all about the bosses. And if they'd put some, lo- if they got rid of the silly cutscenes and all the, the RPG junk and bump they were talking about mm. and put some longer levels in, more involved, maybe some different kind of scrolling, would have made yeah. the game more interesting. Because they, they did it with Ghosts and Goblins and Ghouls and Ghosts and stuff like that. Yeah. And even with some other games like, um, oh, what was it called? Uh, Willow? Is that another Capcom game? Yeah, that's, that's a similar quite, kind of game. Seems quite decent. That, that sort yeah. of thing. And there's another one with a little a little guy in pajamas who's a magic person. I can't remember his name. It's another Capcom game, similar sort of era. Dave the Pajama Man. Dave the Pajama Man and a top hat. That's what it's called. Yeah. People are screaming at the podcast. Go! It's this game. I can't remember what it's called. Mm. So yeah, there were better games at the time. So 90s games for me. I was thinking about this the other day. Not really that into them. One or two 90s games, but not many. Mm. I'm an 80s kid, me. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good races in the nineties, actually. If you like races, and I'm not really into mm. races, but yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we'll put this one down to listeners doing it wrong. How dare they? <laughs> Next show's game. I said last time it's my pick. It's a Stone Cold Solid game. Stone Cold Classic. I'm not even going to say what it is. I'm just going to play this. Standard settings for this game, three lives. The ROM is called D Kong. If you don't know the music, you're an idiot and you should know by the ROM name. <laughs> uh, extra lives, you only get one, whatever score. I think it's 7,000, 10,000, 12,000. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what you put it on. If you want to put it on seven, be my guest. If you're not a very good player, put it on seven. If you're a good player, put it on 12. It does not make any difference. You get one extra life in the game and that's it. Uh, difficulty, it's damn hard anyway. I don't think there's any actual settings in the dip switches. Mm. Uh, and the US version, please. So you play... The, the level version goes 1, 4, 1, 2, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4, doesn't it? Yeah, then it's 1, 2, 1, 3, 1, 4, and so on, I think. Yeah. Yeah, until so you get to the kill screen, because everyone's going to do that. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, submit your scores on Twitter with hashtag 10PSCORE, hashtag 10 score, or on Facebook as a comment on our podcast post, and pictures, please, if you want to do them. It'd be nice to see pictures of people playing it. And anything else, if you if you can't get in contact that way, send us an email, uh, send us a post on UK VAC, send a pigeon, whatever you like. Yeah, so pigeons. Tell, tell us about it, please. So have a good time playing those games. I want to get my cab sorted out because the, the PCB is playing up at the moment. And we'll play it the next time. And just before we go, yep. let's finish the music, Chris, shall we? No, let's not bother with that. Yes, if you, if I tricked already... you into it, and I'm going to do it just before my phone runs out of, of charge. It's so, out of it. this is the first game again. Mm. It's got a witch in it. Well, she, it... Might, she might be a cleaner. She looks like a witch. Is it Witchy Witch Witch 3? No, it's Bubbles. Bubbles? Yeah. That rubbish Williams game. Mm. Right, this one uh, has a spy in it. Mm. 
cloak and dagger. No. no. All right, then I'll do. Th- I'll do this one. It's got elevators in it. Elevator action. Now I'm playing it. You can see the animation of him going into the building with the the, the rope. No. Oh, you is it elevator him. action? Though? It is elevator action. Oh. Yes. You fool. And this one, <laughs> uh, you can play one of three characters. Golden Axe. Yeah, such a good baseline, isn't it? Yeah, Golden Axe. And That's, this is that one, four out of five? N- no, you're not getting these ones. I'm giving you massive clue. You've got one out of five, you failer. <laughs> and this one is a Sun Microsystems game. Is that Turtles or something? No, that's Konami. Oh, yeah. It was, Sun- also, it was released by Atari. Come on, that's a, it's such a clue now. Kangaroo? Yes! I wouldn't know that tune, actually. It's a famous old tune, apparently. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a famous old We will do Kangaroo one day, because I love that game. And people will, people will probably hate it, and I'll lo- I love Kangaroo, and I don't care. But we know what we're playing next time. Yeah, an absolute classic. And I'm really going to try to get into it, Vic. I really am, because I've never been into it. I've got it on my 16-1 and my little bar top. I'm going that to plays it. really nicely on a 16-1, so yeah, it's a good place to play it. If you, if you haven't got MAME or the PCB, play it on a 61. And if you haven't done so already, please tell us your top five arcade games of all time, because we're doing this 50 top 50 thing, which will probably when I get back from holiday. Yes, yeah, so we've so, got, you got a month. So. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Oh, Lordy, we have an outtake from the recording. <laughs> what was that? Me making a burp noise. I'm, I'm, I'm just a little big thing of coffee, and I'm having some Costco lemonade. It sounded like you had a, a guinea pig stuck in your throat. <laughs> well, I do keep them there. Mm. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at Tenpence Arcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups, and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.